Welcome to the Pain-Free Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Heller, and if there's one thing I've learned after being a fitness and health professional and a chronic pain sufferer for over a decade, it's that every body is unique. On this show, I sit down with health and wellness experts in an effort to gather as many different perspectives, journeys, and philosophies as possible. Join me in cultivating a collective growth mindset and challenge yourself to take away just one key point from each episode that inspires you to think or behave differently. Have a pain-free day and enjoy this episode. What is going on, beautiful people? Welcome to the Pain-Free Fitness Podcast. I am Mariah, your host, and my goal in life is to create a collective growth mindset in the fitness and wellness industry and just make the industry better as a whole. And the way that I believe we get started on the path to doing that is by having interesting conversations with people that have unique perspectives and just seeing what we can take away from that. And I'm really excited to have my guest on the show today because on the surface, it might almost seem like our philosophies are different, like they're very different from each other. But as we go through this conversation, I think you'll find that we have actually a lot in common. And as always, my intention of every episode is to take away one or two things that I can really stew on and think about and apply soon coming up, right? And I would challenge everybody listening to the episode to do the same. So set the intention right now Think of two or three things that you can take away from this episode and apply to your own training or your communication or your health or your client's health over this next month or so and just see how it helps you grow in your own life. So without further ado, I am going to introduce my guests. This is Chad Austin. Chad has been a leader in the fitness industry since 2003. He is the owner of Priority Fitness and is also the best-selling and award-winning author of the book series, Make Fitness a Priority, which I love and we're going to talk about today. He is regularly called upon as a fitness and wellness guest and an expert for local and national media and was the host of the, the talk radio show, Be Fit for Life. And he's been featured on over 20 podcasts, so I really appreciate you making the time for me today, Chad, and welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. So looking over your background, looking over your website, which we will talk about a little bit later in the episode, but just kind of all of the material that you have out, it's really clear that you have a very strong and solid mission uh, for just kind of helping people get past their excuses and make fitness and health a priority in their lives. And I find that when someone has a mission as strong as yours, there's usually a pretty good story behind that. So can you tell me a little bit about your story and why making fitness a priority has become such an important mission for you? Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, definitely, I started being fit or being into fitness because I was an athlete. And I later realized that really the other thing that drew me to fitness, I didn't realize is how much fitness did for me. And so not just how it made me a better performer physically, but how much it did for me as a person. I think it just, uh, so my mission, just, I mean, just how it controls my anxiety, my mood, my, I mean, my energy, everything. 
So my mission really with Make Fitness a Priority, how I've grown as a trainer, I think I got into fitness first, helping people reach their short-term goals. You know, as a, as a fitness professional, people come to us because they are, they are fueled by short-term motivation. <laughs> There's something coming up they want results for, and that's what's got them to come in the door. And after years of helping people reach those goals, only to see that the results just be temporary because they didn't look past it then my philosophy has kind of all changed. And so everything I do is just for my own benefit. I know that for all priorities in life, you know, we have our top priorities, our family, our career, our faith, these kind of things. So those are the ones we think of first when everything changes and we have to reestablish our balance. But fitness is the thing that doesn't even enter our minds. It's always the thing we're going to get to later because we don't think we have time for it. And that's what gives us so, everyone in this yo-yoing roller coaster pattern of getting in shape and feeling great to falling out of shape and feeling terrible. And so just getting people to not have that, that ups and downs in their life and just learning how to make fitness a permanent part of life so every aspect of your life gets better that's really what's drawn me to it. So I want I want to help people feel better all the time, not just temporarily when they are fueled to go see a trainer. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And something that you touched on, which I think is really important, is something that I deal with as well in working with primarily kind of the chronic pain population, because that's my primary clientele, is that it seems like people fall into a pattern of waiting for their circumstances to change before they'll be willing to prioritize their fitness and wellness, right? Something mm -hmm. that I hear a lot in my practice as a practitioner is, well, yeah, I'm going to start exercising or even just I'm going to start like walking, you know, nothing super intense, but I'm going to start prioritizing that once my knee stops hurting, then I'll be able to focus on it. And I'm sure with you, you hear a lot of, well, I'm just waiting for life to calm down a little bit, and then I'll have a little bit more time to focus on this. I'm just waiting for work to get less busy or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. then you realize that doesn't really happen, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, or it might not. Like work may never get less busy. Your knee might never stop hurting. And what are you going to do then? So I'm curious when you are working with your clients or even kind of just some hacks that you've used with yourself. How do you break that mindset in people? Yeah, I have a lot of things I do, but that's what it is. It's not, it's not just breaking that mindset, but giving someone the realization. Because, you know, your, your knee might feel better later, but you're never going to run out of excuses you can use to put fitness off until later. There's always going to be excuses that you can use to put fitness off until later. They just may change over time. But there's, there's a lot of different th things I do to kind of help people quickly change exercises I do to help people change their mindset. Uh, but really, that is the goal is just the realization. Like when I speak in front of an audience or when I speak to a group of people, my goal is never to convince them that exercise and nutrition are important because I, I believe they already know that. My goal and what's going to make an impact is that if I help them realize that even though they're busy and they have all these obstacles and challenges in their life, which they always will, if you still make time for fitness now, if you figure out how it fits in your life, every part of your life is going to get better. And so you can either feel better now or keep putting it off. <laughs> and so, mm, Interesting. That's, that's really interesting. And when you talk about feeling better, 
what do most of your clients come to you and kind of present their pain points as? Like what, what consequences does not prioritizing your fitness, what consequences does that tend to kind of have on, on people's lives? Yeah, I've definitely learned as I've evolved as a trainer and been more experienced that personal training is different for everybody. Fitness is different for everybody. So I have all different clients with all different goals. And some some of them, their goal might be weight loss. Some of them might be getting stronger. Some of them might be living pain-free. Some of them might be being able to be active as a grandparent or just be able to move like they used to without pain. And so everybody's goal is different. But other than those things on the exterior, I think the other things that we see when we don't take care of ourselves is not having any energy, not just not having a very good mood, not, not uh, having, being very strong or not being able to go up the stairs without pain in your knees and being frustrated in a bad mood because of that. And so it's just, it's more than, than just what's on the outside that gets people in the door, but all the benefits when you, when you, when you take good care of yourself you're going to feel better. You'll have, you'll be better. It's going to come across the board. It's going to translate outside of the gym. So you're going to be better with your family. You're going to be better with your career. You'll be better, have a better relationship with your faith, just all the other priorities also. I love that. Yep. It is. It really does permeate to every area of your life. And I think it's one of those things that sometimes you don't realize it until you have the experience of not having it. And then you can compare that against the experience of having it. And you say, wow, I've been missing this this whole time. And I didn't even know that. And your baseline Mm. kind of changes. Now, when someone comes to you and they have not been doing anything, I would imagine the approach is not necessarily to just throw them balls to the wall into like a full on (laughs) program that you might use for one of your more experienced clients. So let's say someone comes to you, they say, I have a really busy career. I've got some nagging aches and pains. I have not really prioritized exercise or nutrition or my sleep or my health in the last 20 years. Where's a a place that you might have that person start so that you can kind of chunk it down and make that less intimidating for them? Yeah, I would. They always say like get, getting started. Uh, I always say um, the heaviest weight in the in the gym is the front door, right? And so sometimes just getting started, whether you're getting started for the first time or you're getting started again, um, you're and you haven't done it for a while. Um, so what, what first made me think when you said that about someone getting started, it made me think of someone that is getting started, but they used to be in shape. And so they've had some time off and they're getting back in shape now. And so their bar is what they used to do. And so I always tell people we're not, we're, we're figuring out how fitness fits in your life now. So we're not picking up where you left off. We're starting a new plan where you are right now. And I think that's the kind of the mindset you need to have with anyone that walks in the door. If you haven't done anything for three months, then we can't all of a sudden put you, put you in the routine you did when you were in your 20s, where that is your bar of what is acceptable for you to work out at. And so we're figuring out how fitness best works for you now. And, so, and, and we want it to be, and it, it, I've definitely learned, it's just like uh, with, always is a problem with nutrition. If you try to change too much at once, you end up changing nothing. And so it's about establishing long-term habits and establishing a new routine that will fit in the life you're living now. So the time you have for fitness, the time you, so like, um, one thing I always have a problem with when, uh, the fitness programs that are one size fits all, 
And so we, you know, right away that if it's a program that is one size fits all, that means everybody that does the program does the exact same thing, no matter what their schedule is, how old they are, what their fitness routine is, then it's not for you. It's going to be short-term success, no matter who you are, it's got to be individualized to you. And so what you're, what you're, uh, take it, you take a look at your work schedule, your family calendar, and where does fitness fit along those in between those things? And how much time do you have for it? Um, and then what you want to get out of it. And you, you put all those things together to figure out what works for you now. Absolutely. And something that is really critical in what you just said, and that I just want to highlight again, because I see it so much in my practice as well, is it can be actually pretty harmful for people to set the goal of getting back to how they were before. And I see that a lot with my clients, especially people that are dealing with chronic pain or dealing with injuries that are sticking around for a long time. I find that they wind up getting back into these habits because they're trying to go back in time. And they say, if I could just get my back to feel the way that it did five years ago, or if I could just do this the way that it, the way that I did in high school. And you wind up embodying habits that don't really work for your lifestyle and your body and your health today. And I see people do a lot of damage that way. Yeah. And something else that I think you said that's, that's really important that I want to dig into a little bit more is considering the whole picture because it's not just about whatever goal you have. Like weight loss is usually not just about losing the weight. It's about changing your life so that your habits don't align with someone that's heavier than you want to be, right? Your habits and your lifestyle have to align with someone that's where you want to be now. So I'm curious how you approach aspects like mental health and sleep and more of the holistic picture when a lot of people don't even consider that when they make a goal. Yeah. Um, first, let me back up just a second. That What you just said earlier um, about uh, people trying to pick up where they left off and how the, you know, I know a chiropractor that I work with here is the busiest time of year for trainers is normally the beginning of the year because everyone starts then. But the busiest time for chiropractors is normally that after like the first two weeks of the year because everyone jumps back in and gets hurt. So I, I bet you can resonate with that. But that problem, that big hurdle you pointed out about the, the working out like we used to, I feel like that is a big hurdle that adds on to the I'm too busy excuse. I think a lot of times when people say I'm too busy, what they really mean is I'm too busy to work out like I used to. And uh, that's just not what they're, that, that is what they really mean. And so we have this bar. So I know I can tell you when I, when I was younger, before I, there was a time when I would spend two hours doing all my workouts. Cause I was a gym rat for sure. And I had all this time to go work out. So it made perfect sense. But then I got my first job and I got in a relationship. I, every, all my responsibilities changed. And so it did not make any sense. It just, it was impossible for me to fit that in my life that way anymore. But almost it's like if I do less than that, I'll be ashamed of it because that is the bar I set for myself because that's when I remember being in the best shape of my life. And so if I don't work out that hard, it's almost like I'm doing something wrong and then I'm ashamed of myself. And I think that is the hurdle that people have that, that they really struggle with. 
And uh, you have to get, you have to change that story in your head. If you work out less than you did when you didn't have a job, you didn't have a family, you didn't have all these other priorities, it doesn't mean it's less of a priority now. It just means you've figured out how it fits in your life right now. And I'll tell you, if you don't adapt that mindset and you try to fit what you used to do in your life now, then all the other priorities in your life are going to suffer, your family, your career, your faith, because you're, it's going to just, you're, you can't be balanced across the board. So just that, I, I wanted to make sure I said that, that's, I think, something that is overlooked by people when they say I'm too busy, what do you really mean? Because you, everyone's busy. You can, but you can find time for fitness. Are you, it was what's getting in your way is you can't work out like you used to because none of us can when we get older. And so that's not, you can't judge yourself on that. And there's nothing to be ashamed of by working less. What you need to be proud of is figuring out how it fits in your life now. That is the obstacle to overcome. But anyway, I wanted to make sure I said that when I, when we said that, but um, uh, the last thing you said Remind me the last uh, before I went on that little rant there. What <laughs> what I the last it. point that was, was? Great, that was great. Major mic drop moment right there. Yeah. So the I mean, yeah. it segues well into the um, into the next topic. So I was just kind of asking, um, how do you approach things that people might not think about that are affecting their health, like their stress, like their sleep, like their mental health? How do you typically approach mm. that and introduce that to people? Yeah, I mean, with that, when I first meet someone, I have a series of questions and like how much you sleep, how much water you drink and how much how stressful is your job? Those things are always in there because I'm trying to dig deeper to learn about the person and figure out how I can help them. Right. Um, and then those things are always going to bring bring up. And if you're struggling for weight loss and you're doing other things right or you're struggling to get uh, um, stronger and you're, and you're doing other things right you have no, you, you may be discounting how much the stress in your life, the lack of sleep in your life, those things are playing a factor also in your overall health. And so we are, that's one thing I'll help keep new people keep accountable to, or just people that are starting to struggle with it is just how much sleep they're getting. And so how to help them turn their brain off to get more sleep. Um, and, uh, and having a better attitude. So if you're going, if you're letting your stress from work impact the other parts of your life, or if you're letting your stress from, you know, if you're letting it affect everything in your life, then that's a problem and you need to fix it. And so there's a couple of different things I do Two easy things I have people do to start with. And so the first one is a routine they do when they wake up and the routine they do when they go to bed. And so the first one, um, is a bed was is what I call it. But that is a chapter point I make in one of my books. Uh, it's something I adapted from a mentor trainer of mine a long time ago, but it's an acronym and it means begin every day with a smile. They're just starting your day with a smile. So getting that first thought in your head, instead of it being on the work I didn't get done yesterday or the busy things, the challenging things I got coming up today, just starting your day with a smile and being grateful for it. And so just that is a huge step in the right direction right away. Uh, and then the other one, uh, people always talk about, you know, um, you, sometimes you have a tough time going to bed because you're still thinking about the to-do list you didn't get done because your to-do list never gets done. But what you didn't get done or you're already thinking about the things you want to get done the next day. And it's based about unpacking that, putting it to bed, so you can shut it off and start fresh tomorrow. And so what I think of, instead of thinking about all the to-do lists that you didn't get done that you're doing the next day, go to bed with the mindset of what you accomplished. And so just thinking out all the, all the things you accomplished that day. And that's the last thing you think about before you go to bed. And so you don't think about what's left to do the rest of the day or what you're going to have to do tomorrow. What do you accomplish today? And be proud of yourself, feel good about that. And uh, then you 
it's something normally there's little things like that can really just change your mood, change your anxiety and help you start the day and help you end the day. That's beautiful. And I, I just wrote that down, that acronym, begin every day with a smile. I think that's so important. And it's something that really plays into something that I have to work with my clients a lot on and that my past self, I had to work with myself on a lot as well. Um, I have a connective tissue disorder called Ehlers-Danlos. And so I've spent most of my life in chronic pain. And, you know, every day there's there's pain, right? And when you first start to realize that that's just a reality for you, it's very difficult not to fall into a negative way of thinking. And something that I realized that I was doing, and I'm sure you can relate to this with a lot of your clients, maybe even yourself at certain points, is I realized that I was going to bed every night expecting to wake up and feel different the next day. And I would wake up. And I would be really disappointed that I didn't feel any different. <laughs> and mm. that was a cycle, right? And I had to really train myself to not do that. Like change my language and change the way that I was thinking about the way that I was feeling to focus on the positive and not in terms of ignoring my pain or developing kind of a toxic positive mindset, because I do think that's something that people do is just mm -hmm. kind of to ignore the issues, not doing that, but acknowledging the pain and saying, what can I be grateful for? What can I do? What creative solutions can I develop to get around whatever it is that I'm dealing with? And I think that that's a really important thing. And, and it applies to so many clients in so many different situations and ourselves as well. I'm sure you have to remind yourself of that sometimes too. It's like, I have a lot of options, even if I don't feel like I do. So what can mm -hmm. I focus on? And to think about kind of what did I accomplish today? That's really powerful as well, because sometimes all you can do that day is just take one step forward, take one step forward, even if it's not physical, right? Like there's sometimes when some of my clients are in flare ups or when I'm in like a really bad flare up and what I can do is spend 20 minutes working on my diaphragmatic breathing mm -hmm. or, you know, get, get really dialed in with my nutrition, eat extra vegetables that day or whatever it is. And if I can, at the end of the day, look back on my day and say, I accomplished that, like, good job, me, go me. Instead of saying, I didn't get to work out today. I, I hurt so badly. I, I didn't go on my walk. I didn't lift my weights. Yeah. You've got to shift that. that yeah. That focusing on the positive and not the negative. That, that is a, yeah, it's a big part of it. I, I definitely have had to learn that in the past. Mm -hmm. When I was an athlete, I always had such terrible performance anxiety. And so, I mean, when, when, and yeah. that, that could really stop me from performing my best because I would just focus on how bad I would feel if I did, if, if bad things happen, instead of focusing on how well, I, I, how great I would feel when positive things happen. And so, I mean, it's, and that would sometimes I, as a wrestler, as that was my sport, I could, I could get in my head so much. I would beat myself before I even stepped on the mat. And I, but I think that transfers over into everything else in life. And so I, one thing I talk about when I speak and some of the programs I put on is the first part of it 
is that you have the power to change your story is the thing. And when I, when I talk about that, it's, it's twofold. It's the story that, that people have where they always put off fitness or it's the story that they, they tell themselves in their head that's just simply not true, that they, they, they are always going to fail and they'll eventually fall off track. Or that's, that's just the story that you're telling yourself. It's not true. And so I like your story that you would tell yourself you're always going to wake up in pain or you're always going to do this. I mean, uh, yeah, changing that language in your head and changing it to a positive is so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think what I want to ask you about as well is that I'm sure when people come to you for help, right, they've gotten to the point where they, they have that realization, like you said, that I am experiencing X, Y, and Z in my life because I'm not prioritizing my health. Do you find that clients have any vision of what it's going to be like to work with you as a trainer and you find that there are some like misconceptions from the client side about what it is you do? Oh yeah. There's lots of misconceptions. I, I, my dad, uh, has trained with me uh, for a while in the, in, in the past, but it took forever. I had to be a trainer for a decade before I could get him to, because he had it in his mind, even though he's in his seventies, that that training with, with the personal trainer meant bodybuilding. And that's what it was. And so I, it's, it's two things we face as a trainer that, that have tough people that we could really help getting started. It's either that I want to, I want to get in shape before I come see you. And so my, my wife is a financial planner. And so she'll get the excuse. Well, I want to get my money in line first and then I'll come see you. And even instead of getting the person that's going to work on it to help them, uh, so you're getting, you're getting in your own way in, in a way, but I either, I need to get in shape first before I come see you, or they have this, they have the wrong idea of what personal training is. And so personal training is different for everybody. As we said at the beginning of the show, uh, I could, I mean, everyone has different goals. It could be to, to live pain-free. It could be to lose weight. It could be to have more energy. Maybe you want to run a marathon or it could be, or maybe you want to just have less anxiety, more energy. And so everybody has different goals and we attack it individually customized to each person. And so there's no norm when it comes to fitness. There's not one size, fitness is not one size fits all, despite what any of the weight loss products out there say. It's, it's based on what is best for you and how are we going to help you reach your goals and what you want out of it. Absolutely. And I would be curious to know your thoughts on this, but something I like to tell a lot of my clients is that there's a season for everything. So oh, yeah. sometimes people might be thinking they're in five seasons at once. You know, I'm sure you get this. I want to, well, okay, what are you, what, what's your goal? Well, I want to drop 20 pounds and do a powerlifting competition and run a marathon and, you know, do all of these different things. Um, and sometimes the season might be, um, being able to scale back your workouts a little bit and not have anxiety mm. about it. Sometimes the season is for weight loss. Like, how do you feel like that plays into what you, what you do with your clients? It's funny uh, how similar some of our language is. And so I, I definitely use yeah. the seasons a lot when I, when I explain things to people too. I think it's the sports fan ex-athlete in me that, that comes out mm. of, but, uh, 
I, I use that, that term, that language in a few different ways. And so, but one way I do it. And so like, I, I, I kind of talked bad about programs earlier and I, uh, but I just was specifically talking about the ones that are uh, one size fits all, that it's the same program for everybody. There are some good programs out there. And so say you go and do a, a program that's fit well for you. Uh, the problem that you'll face next, say you do a 12 week program. If you don't take the time to ask yourself what's next, then what's next is probably going to be nothing. And so that's how people kind of have a tough time ending a program and then staying fit. Uh, and so the one thing, a lot of times it happens because you work really hard on the 12 week program that you have. And if you, and that is where the season comes into play, no matter when you're work, when you're training really hard, just know that you're not going to train that hard forever. Nobody can, even the greatest athletes in the world, they have seasons, as you said, there's going to be, there's a preseason, an off season, an end season. And so you have to kind of, it doesn't, you don't have to work out as hard as you did, but you need to have a plan of what you're doing next, what you're focusing on next. And if you don't have that plan, if you don't take the time to know what you're doing next before what you're doing now is over, then you're going to end up doing nothing and fall off track. And so where it could be that maybe you need to scale down your program a little bit because you've been working really hard for several weeks in a row. And just for your own mental clarity, just for your own, for your body to recover, you need to scale it back and work a little bit less. And so maybe that means you're going to focus a little bit more on balance. You're going to focus a little bit more on your core strength or stability strength, or maybe you're going to do cut down from four days of weight training to three and add another day of cardio, or maybe you're just going to have one more day of rest. And so, but it, it has to be, there's, it, your workout's always going to change a little bit over time, just so that, uh, for one, so that your body doesn't adapt to it, but also just for your own mental uh, energy too. And so you have to be able to, to survive it as you go through. And so you can't work out like a triathlete all weeks of the year. And, uh, and, and you, have, you have to give yourself time for all the rest of it. And so that's what I think of when I think of the seasons. you got to be able to kind of know what you are. You, you're never taking – there's never really an off-season uh, you're just scaling it down or scaling it up, but you always need to know what's next. What season is coming up? Yes, yes, absolutely. And you're right. There's not a one size fits all approach, not for every person, but also just not for the situation and the circumstances that you're in right now. And I think that plays into what we were talking about a little bit earlier with not expecting your life to look like it did or your fitness to look like it did last year, right? Because your circumstances might be totally different. So what works for you today? Now, something else that I wanted to ask as well, because that kind of what we just went over is some misconceptions that people might have about what you do as a trainer, right? And I think that's really important. What you said is that people come to you and they expect some kind of like a meathead experience. And sometimes mm. it's that a lot of the time it's not right. Um, but what are some um, what are some misconceptions or maybe just like a, a a big lesson that you've had to learn as a trainer about your clients? Um, I definitely about my clients. I think the lessons I've learned or things I probably uh, yeah definitely lessons I've learned is that for one lesson I had to learn was the one I just said that that. Uh, every client's different and it's not a one size fits all approach. Yeah. I think that's definitely a lesson I had to learn as a trainer. And so I definitely at first did, uh, that's what lesson I learned through experience is, is that, but I think also um, learning how to reframe my client's mindset. And so I would say 90% of clients, when they come to me, they're fueled by short-term motivation. As I said earlier, that term I use. So what I mean is that there's something coming up 
that has got them to the point where they're coming up to a, they're coming to a professional, whether there's something coming up most of the time, like it could be a wedding, it could be a vacation or a union or something like that. They want to get in shape for, and if it's my job to help them reach that goal, but also to help them look past it, because if they don't look past it and think of how is this going to fit in my life long-term, then as soon as that event comes up, then once that event comes and goes along with it, goes all your motivation to do stuff. And so that was the only thing you were training for. You weren't training for the rest of your life. You were training for that event. And so once that's done, your workout's done too. And and whether you know that going into it, that's the truth. That's what's going to happen. And so, and that's how people get into the in and out of shape uh, mind or problem where they kind of yo-yo. And then, so most people I've found lose weight and put it back on or get in shape, get out of, get out of shape two or three times throughout the course of the year. And that is something that we can prevent if we just change our way of thinking. And so that, that is really the first kind of lesson. I, I mean, I, I, my first job when I meet someone new is to listen and help them figure out what's best for them. But then a very important job after that is to help them see how this fits long-term and to have them look past what got them in the door. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we see that all the time, right? With people that might, that might think that that motivation and that kind of new activity energy, which I've adapted from new relationship energy, because it's, it's a similar type of a feeling, right? It's like you have a honeymoon period with new activity and that doesn't stay right. Um, And I I think it's really important to almost practice radical acceptance of that. And that doesn't mean thinking about it in a negative way. But what I like to tell people is it's not, you're not always going to feel like it, first of all. And also, it's kind of an objective truth that healthy habits are just not as fun as unhealthy habits. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not going to feel as good to eat broccoli as it does to eat ice cream. Yeah. It's it's not going to. And I think people fall into a space where they don't really manage their own expectations and they expect for this new thing to like stay new and exciting and fun forever. And then once their motivation starts to die down a little bit, which happens for everyone, they have a tough yeah. time shifting to discipline. And so is there are there any tricks or hacks um, that you like to use with someone that maybe is you know they've been training with you for a month and they're starting to feel that motivation waning? Is there kind of one or two things that you typically go to to help them realize that and develop more of a long term mindset? Well, definitely, it starts with your why, and so I, I know that's a that's a language that you're familiar with too. But that's one thing that I always say: it starts with your why, and whenever you struggle, you have to go back to your why. And so, and your why is is and uh, and it's our job as fitness professionals to help people to dig past, dig deeper, dig dig past the first vague answer we get from clients when we ask why they want to reach those goals, and but to have them really dig deeper and really give us a true answer that is a really in them. And so I, I have so many great ones over the years, but uh, I know one of them that I always lead with is, was my mom's. My mom was one of my first big weight loss success stories um, where she lost a, a lot of weight, and uh, but it just across the board helped her health where she 
uh, wasn't having to take diabetes shots anymore, all kinds of stuff. But the main reason the motivation came, we were on a ski trip that we've done. We used to do a ski trip every year as a family. And it's the first time we've done it in many years. And so we had a long break. And this time was the first time my nephews were going. And my nephews were both so small at the time that one of them didn't even have poles. It was just this little kid with skis. And we went down the mountain one time and my mom had such bad knee problems, lower back or lower back locked up. She had all kinds of problems everywhere. Um, and so she went down the mountain one time and she wasn't able to do it the rest of the time. It's just, she just deconditioned so much from before. And that when we got back as when everything changed and her motivation was that she wants to be an active grandma. She doesn't want to look out the window and see her, her nephews, her grandkids learning how to ski for the first time. She wants to be there in person. And so, I mean, being, but being able to dig past that, I want to feel better. I want to be able to do, I mean, you would dig past what's the real reason, what's the real pain reason why you want to get in shape. And so I I have another one that's, that's really good where I have uh, someone that always gets in shape to go to this float trip every year. And I couldn't get her to think past that. So it's like every year we're starting over to get in shape for this float trip and, um, and past the the point of being in, in shape for this float trip that really, when it really changed for her and she was able to keep going long-term is that she realized that she it was with a group of her friends that she's close to, but she was, she was always the one taking the picture because she didn't want to stand and she didn't want to stand next to her fitter friends um, in these pictures. And so she was, she wanted to be confident in herself enough that she could be in those memories with their friends. I mean, when you, but when you take the time to dig deep and, and really ask yourself why it's, it's going to, it's get that why fuel, you're going to really understand what it means. Cause then you need that when, cause when, when the going gets tough, when you don't feel like working out there's, you're going to have good days and bad days. There's going to be days where you feel like Superman or Superwoman, And there's going to, and there's going to be days where you just, you can barely keep going past 10 minutes. And when the going gets tough, you don't want to be there. You need to know why you're making that sacrifice and you need, it needs to be deep in you. And so you have to take the time, take the little bit of time to really understand what the answer to that question is, why you need you want these results. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Because when you know what your ultimate why is, it's not difficult to tell if a decision is going to move you closer to that why or further away from it. Right. Yeah. I like that too. That's that's really, really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So kind of the the last thing I want to touch on before we get to kind of our rapid fire questions and just, you know, talking about how people can get in touch with you is you've been in this industry for a long time and I don't know about you, but something that I see a lot is new coaches and new trainers struggling a lot to kind of find their voice and they, uh, everybody goes through a learning curve when they start, but unfortunately it's kind of a low barrier to entry industry. And I think a lot of people want to help, but they don't really know how to start And so I'm wondering, do you have a piece of advice for new coaches or trainers that someone is just starting out and says, you know, how do I really do good by people? Uh, I think it starts with why you're there. And so for me, I mean, I, I, it took it took a little bit of time for me to really understand mine. Other than uh, I was, I'm, and I'm an athlete, and so I learned why I, why fitness is important to me, why I can help people get in shape. Other than that, I had to dig deeper, understand really why it was important to me, and. Uh, my how my story 
and what struggles I have personally with all these things. So I, the reason I was able to write three books about helping people overcome their excuses, win the fight against their excuses, stop getting in their own ways, because I've lived all that myself. And I've learned, I'm, I, I can basically tell my own story and it'll resonate with everybody because I've been through the same hurdles, overcome the same obstacles that they have in making fitness a long-term part of your life. There's no one that, that this really comes easy to. There's everyone that's going to have challenges. But I think being able to, to share your story story and understand and that really establish you that establishes you more as an expert in fitness and someone that can make an impact on people when people see that you have overcome the struggles they're getting ready to overcome i think it's it's that and just you know i always this is a, a little bit spiritual probably but i always go back to what uh denzel washington denzel washington's quote that stuck with me forever that is, you know, if, if, um, if you can see it happening, that's God's gift. That's God's proof to you that it can happen. And so if you can see yourself making an impact and that's why you want to do it, then be brave and jump up there and do it. And, uh, don't look, don't put the other, other trainers that you're seeing their highlight reel, or you're, you're looking at them as fitness professionals. Don't put them on a pedestal above you because, if you can share your story, you can help people. They're on the same playing field as you. They're on the same field as you. You don't need to look up to them. They're not in a higher bar. You just need to follow their lead. I love it. I love it. And it's very, very important, guys. If you're a new trainer and you're listening to this, enjoying working out is not a good reason to become a coach. And it's not going to keep you motivated like we talked about. You've got to have a deeper why than that because like anything else, that is fleeting. And not all of your clients are going to enjoy exercising as much as mm -hmm. you do. So how can you really tap into that why for yourself and make sure that you are doing things that align with your clients' goals and that are really genuinely helping them as opposed to doing it for yourself. And I, I love that. Um, beautiful. Okay. So before we move on to our rapid fire kind of end of episode questions, I want to ask you, where can people find you online? Um, beyourexcuses.com is always where I steer people. So anytime I uh, speak in front of an audience or every time I meet a new person in person, a new client, I give them my first book. And so if you go to beatyourexcuses.com, you will get, you can get a free copy of my first book. Um, that is, I believe it is a good guide, whether you're starting now or you're starting over from a big break is a good motivational guide, fitness tool to get you started. It's an easy read. I read it out loud to my parents in four hours when I was doing my last edit several years ago, and I'm not really a reader. So I mean, it, but it's just valuable, impactful stuff that'll help you get started. And on that same website, uh, for my online platform where I do live workouts, you can get a packet of five free classes. So, but beatyourexcuses.com, that's the best way to start with me, um, to find me. Um, but make fitness a priority. That is, that is where you can find me online everywhere, whether it be my, uh, my other website, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And I always try to share valuable, impactful stuff on there too. Awesome. Awesome. And we will absolutely link uh, to all of Chad's materials in the show notes here. But again, that's beat your excuses and make fitness a priority. All right. So I've got a couple questions that I'm going to ask that I ask everyone. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So the first one is, 
what do you feel is currently the biggest lie or common misconception that's being kind of propagated in the fitness and wellness industry? Uh, turkey bacon. So that's probably enough, but I'll explain what I mean by that. So turkey bacon is what my word for is what instant gratification is. And so instant gratification is, is fake. It's an illusion. And so the, the better our, us as fitness professionals can help people learn that, the better off you'll be. But you're only going to get short-term results. You're not going to feel like you got what you paid for. It looks like the real thing, but it's definitely not the real thing. But of all the weight loss scams and promises of short or uh, success with little or no work on your part, it's just turkey bacon. So stay away from it. right and that's a that's a great example it's anytime anytime anyone says if you just do this thing if you just switch out your bacon for turkey bacon you'll be great (laughs) anytime you say that (laughs) run away (laughs) yeah awesome i love it um what was the best advice you ever received regarding fitness and wellness uh, one thing I use all the time, I think uh, I, I was a teacher for a few years before I started my t- personal training journey, but my cooperating teacher, when I was student teaching, I was trying to come up with a lesson for second grade tag. And I completely used up all of my brain power to come up with a new tag game. And she told me, she said, if you just change one little thing, those kids will think it's a completely different game. And uh, I think I've used that every day as a trainer. And so definitely one part of our job is is to stop you from doing the same thing all the time. So your body doesn't adapt to it, but also so you don't get bored. But there's so many ways you can make your workout just a little bit different. And so just think of all the variables you have. And one little thing will make your or help you believe that it's a completely different workout. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love that so much. It's small tweaks, small tweaks. And that way you've still got room to go, right? When you make those small tweaks, it's not like, let's let's go balls to the wall and change everything. Where do you go from there? So I yeah. love it. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, what's something that you used to preach to your clients, your trainees, whatever it might be, that you no longer believe in or advocate for? Uh, well, I, I know definitely the lesson I learned, especially... Um, that's someone who used to have a lot of back pain. And uh, one of my first certification was a corrective exercise specialist and learning how, how a pelvic tilt. And I believe that everybody that has lower back pain, it's because they sit and sit forward in a chair on a computer all day long and that they have a pelvic tilt and, you know, bridges, planks, things. Just, I, had to, I had a certain recipe to fix everybody's lower back pain. And uh, I think I definitely learned that every client is different. Every problem is different and you have to stay in problem solving mode and know it's not, there's not one answer that what worked for somebody else is not necessarily going to work for this person. And what worked for you in the past may not work for you now. So I just had to take on everything with a, a fresh set of lenses that, and stay in problem solving mode until you figure it out. Mm. Yes. Love it. Love it. All right. Finally, what is your favorite quote and why? Uh, my favorite quote definitely uh, resonates with uh, fitness. Um, something my dad taught me growing up whenever I had anxiety with that, or if I'd lost that, made a mistake at any point. Um, and that's, uh, it's what you do next that counts. 
And so that's something I use definitely in motivating clients all the time. And people have this, and this is another misconception that we get think mostly because of New Year's resolutions and how six weeks in the year, 90% of people have failed on New Year's resolutions. Like that's a bad thing. And, uh, but I would tell you that making fitness a priority and getting long-term success or living pain-free and getting long-term success in your health is nothing about that that says being perfect, does you have to be perfect. You're going to fail from time to time, no matter who you are, no matter how good you are, no matter how focused you are on it, you're going to fail. So those people that make it past the first six weeks of the year and haven't made a mistake, I always just want to stand up and clap for them because it doesn't matter. Their time's coming. Eventually, they're going to fail. And what matters if you want to get long-term success is how you respond to that. Failing does not end your fitness journey. And so that is one thing we have to understand. Whenever you make a mistake, your, your fitness journey does not have to end there. Failing does not define you. What makes you good at this, what makes you be able to really benefit from your workouts, from everything when it comes to fitness, is how you, re you respond after you make a mistake. And so it's, it's what you do next that counts. That's, that's, the, that's the big one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a really great note to end on. So anyone listening, guys, I, I hope it's, it's clear that, you know, a couple things that I took away is that beating your excuses and making fitness a priority does not mean that you have to be perfect. It also does not mean that you have to ignore your body or be stupid about your body and just push through circumstances that might not make sense. But it does mean accepting where you are today, but figuring out one thing that you can do. What, what can I accomplish today? What did I accomplish today? And using that as the building blocks over time. So thank you very much, Chad. It was awesome to have you on. And uh, I really look forward to speaking with you again. And, and I, you were a great guest. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. This is a lot of fun. All right, team. If, if you found value from this episode today, definitely leave us a review. And again, we're going to link all of Chad's links in the show notes here. So thank you for listening and have a pain-free day. Thank you so much for listening today. I'd really appreciate it if you could like, subscribe, and leave a review on the podcast so that more people can hear us in the future. Have a pain-free day.